0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. A task force to better understand the work-life aspirations of youth and to support them in their careers has been launched by the National Trades Union Congress. Rolled out last month, the task force will engage 10,000 youth aged between 18 and 25 to get an insight into their goals, especially in the areas of career, finances and mental well-being as well. Now, this, of course, follows a series of surveys and focus group discussions conducted this year. Across multiple surveys, it was found that more than one in five youth faced challenges in terms of career opportunities and they would like more career guidance and planning support. Now, millennials and Gen Zers or Zillennials are fast becoming predominant percentages of the workforce. Not only that, they're also spearheading the great resignation with many Zillennials seeking better employment, treatment, flexibility and work-life balance. So how can employers make Gen Z and millennials or Zillennials happy at work We speak with David Chung. He is Recruitment Project Director at Corn Ferry. Hi, David. Hello. Now, David, so much has been said about Zillennials in the last few years. But, you know, the majority of the things I hear from employers have been kind of negative. And I know this is a matter of perception. So when young people go for job interviews, one of the first few things they ask about are working hours and work-life balance. And then the older... Interviewer, job interviewer might say, "Wow, you're so entitled, aren't you? Talk to me first about the impressions that people have of this generation."
1: That's a good question, right? Um, I, certainly, I think um, that may not be the first thing that we should ask when you go for a job interview. Yeah, um, I think it's always makes more sense to, you know, find out what does a job is about and whether could that be a good fit. But now pivoting over, I think the new generation are very forward. They're very uh, vocal. They can speak their mind. So I think as an employer, we need to kind of change our mindset as well. Then how can we, you know, recognizing this is uh, the the new generation, so to speak, how do we then uh, respond and, and, uh, you know, accordingly?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's about Mm. a difference in terms of perceptions and expectations, right? It's an intergenerational difference because usually your interviewer Mm. will be older than you are. So, yes. aside from the fact that, <laughs> well, you know, we are entitled to judge, we really should mm-hmm. suspend judgment, shouldn't we?
1: I agree. And, and I think, um, well, it, I, I would say this, right? Um, definitely, that's one the uh, interview is all about, right? Uh, it's basically two sides of the coin measuring each other, see that whether it's going to be a good fit. But I think I would encourage an employer uh, to go into this with a very open mind, and it always helps to, you know, before kind of like diving deep, why not, you know, just take a back step and then just um, listen to the person, right? Mm. Um, they can always do an opportunity to ask the candidate, hey, you know, um, what, what interests you, right? What, what, what are you motivated in? Yeah. And then kind of uncover that, you know, connect with the person. And I'll be surprised that, you know, some of the, we can learn a thing or two as well when we kind of um, take that approach.
0: So research shows that Gen Z employees aren't really looking to even move up the corporate ladder like previous Ooh. generations. This is not necessarily a bad thing. They mm-hmm. want something different. They want to get different experiences before moving on to something new. So perhaps they want broader experience or deeper experience. And they want companies that also align with their own values purpose, mm-hmm. and all of these other motivations. So what exactly should organizations and employers be doing right now in order to attract such a workforce? And, you know, not just fulfill the worker, but the worker must also bring some value to the
1: organization, right? That's right. So I think to answer that, right, um, this is actually quite often discussed, right? How do we actually attract um, and retain, right, um, given that it's quite a tight uh, market right now. Mm. And we know that you just can pay so much because the next person can always pay more. So we kind of want to move away from that. And I think what's important is really companies start to promote their culture and the, the, you know, the meaning to why they're doing this help uh, to they just help young people connect the why behind the what as well. And I think, um, you know, when we can align this purpose, then definitely um, the person can be more... Uh, so called uh, engaged and uh, more um, happy to do the job as well. Mm. Because if I may kind of share a bit more, like, you know, one yeah. thing that we, we always care about is, uh, especially if the pandemic, right? So I think there's going to be a large uh, request to have flexibility. So sometimes it's very unnerving thinking, what can the person be doing at home? So I think we really need to, um, you know, be in a position where we just let the person trust the person and be able to connect the deeper meaning, and then just let the person perform.
0: Some employers have told me that if you provide Mm. the purpose, the rest will happen naturally. The worker will be motivated to work. They will go the extra mile, regardless Mm. of work-life balance even sometimes. Sometimes, but you shouldn't really expect it. My concern mm. is about the employers who say, you know, I've given them so much, but I'm not getting mm. much in return. <laughs> Some of them don't meet deadlines even. So mm. really, how far am I expected to go to make the employee happy? When is the employee going to start making me happy?
1: I mean, that, that is always, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, right, there are always two sides to the coin, right?
0: Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, find
1: that, I find that when employers speak like that, I mean, they also feel that they're entitled to somebody's contribution then, Right. So I think to, to kind of um, set, meta, set the record straight, right, I, I think it's ongoing basis. Uh, it's very important to be clear on expectations. Um, what I mean by that is for the manager, you know, um, doing a one-on-one for team member to discuss what, what matters, what's important, what the outcomes are, right? And then after that, seek um, feedback as well, right, and just check in, you know, um, how the person is tracking along, and then, um, yeah, just, just create a very safe environment uh, for, for such discussion to happen. Then, you know, when, when, we, when we can see something is going to not uh, headed the right direction, uh, then there is opportunity to... Uh, Realign as well.
0: In terms of how the HR structures are devised within organizations, you know, to enable Mm. them to perhaps move from one department to the next or work on several projects if they want Mm. to broaden their skill sets or their experiences or if they have a sense of adventure, what exactly Mm. is your advice to HR departments? How can you make all of that more seamless and easier for such workers
1: to keep them interested? Great question, right? Because we look at a traditional organization, it's quite stylo, right? You're in finance, you're in marketing, yeah. you're in operations. I, I think what uh, will help um, is have a very robust mentorship, right? Because when we have such conversations with the employee, uh, for example, I can be in finance, but I always have an interest in marketing. So the mentor can be probably somebody experienced marketeer and have coffee sometimes and then just kind of learn more about that and to uncover this person's potential to perform that role. As a recruiter,
0: what are you looking out for in younger generations of workers?
1: Good question. Um, I think for me, I always like to look for people who are curious. Mm. And and then why, why I say that is because, you know, right now there's so much that, that we can learn um, and companies do offer learning opportunities now as well, right? And um, as we kind of... Advance in our career, we will be thrown into very different situation, ambiguous situation. I think we just need to have that curiosity, right? So what I normally do in my interviews, I'll ask a person, uh, you know, t- tell me a time that uh, you have done something different, and um, you know, and I also like to ask, tell me a time when you find that you have made a mistake, and what did you learn from there, and what would you do different differently. So I, I like to measure that to just kinda understand a person's behavior.
0: David, earlier you were talking about how HR departments perhaps need to make a few adjustments in order to keep Mm. such workers interested. You mentioned coaching. Aside from Mm. that, what exactly needs to be done? Even in terms of structures, you know, in in terms of making mobility across the organization a lot more seamless, perhaps, so that the worker doesn't end up leaving altogether.
1: You know, that's a great question. This is something that um, has been top of mind for us. Because, uh, for example, right, with our organization, we, we do have um, different teams that are dedicated to different projects. And quite often, um, you know, the team is quite siloed in that sense, right? So I think what we are doing different now is that we're able to gather, uh, for example, the account leaders. We do identify who are the high potential within our team. And then, then we give them stretch projects and, and cross-mentorship. For example, uh, if, if I identify a high potential in my team, the mentor can very, very well be another director in another country. So they have such uh, discussions and, you know, to kind of like make each other uncomfortable, right? Because we know that when we have such uncomfortable position, that's where we really grow.
0: Yeah, it's more than just having a chat over coffee, which is important too, which is something you mentioned earlier as well. And making Mm. that transfer process a lot faster too. I've heard Mm. of organizations that say, oh no, it's going to take you three to six months to get a transfer to another department. Well, Mm. the worker might as well say, okay, I might as well give you one month's notice and go to another organization, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true, right? Um, So I I think I also want to um, kind of put it the other side as well, right? Because in my organization, to be truth be told, we, we do have policies in place, right? An employee should be in a row uh, at least a year before we can consider some rotation. Ah, see. But, but, but I would say that, you know, um, the sponsoring manager, right, the leader, mm. uh, need to have the courage to sometimes challenge policies as well. Uh, I'll give you a very specific example. I mean, if mm. I know someone who due to personal situation has to relocate to another country, Though this person has been with me less than a year, I'll I'll need to raise my hand and say that, hey, this is the situation and this is why we need to accommodate, right? Otherwise, we're going to lose talent to the competitor as well.
0: Yeah, that is true. There's a business case for doing all of Mm. these things. At the end of the day, David, how do you think these intergenerational differences in terms of work ethic and perception can be addressed better within organizations? I know people acknowledge it. They are aware that there is mm-hmm. a chasm, perhaps, between mm-hmm. the younger generations of workers and the older generations of workers. But not very many actually take steps to address it in a healthy manner. What's your suggestion?
1: Mm, you know, that that is something that I, I, I just to share my personal experience, right? Sure. Um, Genshin gaps always exist, doesn't it? I mean, I recall when I look at my uncle and aunties, and all I said, oh, you will never understand who I am.
0: We would judge them, <laughs> they would judge us, and now we're judging younger generations of uh, individuals, right? Yeah.
1: It's so a vicious I, circle, I tell you. <laughs> correct, correct. So I think one thing uh, to kind of gel everything together, right, is, is really to have that humility, right? I think when I remember when we, when we were young, right, we, we need to be humble to kind of listen to the to our uh, so-called seniors, take their knowledge and guidance, and then after that, you know, just kind of uh, acknowledge what is given as advice and, and see whether it's relevant. And then now we're in a position where we get to guide uh, the other generation. We we need to also, of course, uh, you know, provide guidance. The guardrails are there, but also provide enough room for them to experiment. Because if not then how, how do we really have innovation as well, right? So I think you touched on something that's very important. Um when we judge others, guess what? We are judging ourselves and we you know, we are opening to that as well, right? So I think it's very important to build trust across generations, if you will. And I find that, you know, sometimes uh there are the certain things that are always golden. Um everyone basically wakes up, goes to work, they want to perform and do well. Nobody ever wants to, you know, go out there and just do a poor job, right? So I think it's important to really um, have conversations, have that trust, um, you know, as leaders listen um, and and then just go from there.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that, David. David Chung, Recruitment Project Director at Corn Ferry. Thanks for joining us today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.